If you're looking for success in the vacation rental industry, Heather Bayer and the team at CottageBlogger.com are here to show you that it's entirely within reach. Welcome to Vacation Rental Success, the show that features interviews with industry experts, successful vacation rental owners, and more, all geared toward helping you make it happen. Here's your host, Heather Bayer. Hello again, and welcome to another episode of Vacation Rental Success. And we're having a heat wave. I mean, we really are, and I can't believe we're into the first week of September. I mean, it has known to be frosty at night at this time of year, but uh, we are enjoying hot, hot sun. And actually, the water is amazingly warm for this time of year. I'm I, I would usually have my last swim in the lake probably somewhere around the third week, third to last week of August, not usually into September, but uh, it's uh, it's absolutely wonderful. So I'm recording this on the Sunday of the Labor Day weekend, and it's amazing. It's almost like the shutters, I always say this, it's like the shutters have come down on vacation rental in Ontario. And I'm quite sure that other agencies experience exactly the same thing. And we all heave this great sigh of relief as Labor Day comes. And it's it's like the gates of Toronto will be closed from tomorrow. And everybody will be back at school, kids back at school and holidays are over. Uh, even though the weather's forecast to be pretty nice for the rest of the month. And having said that, we are getting a number of bookings uh, through this upcoming week and right the way through into October. But it's, I guess last week we were just so inundated with last minute bookings for, for Labor Day for the weekend that it really, even, even though we, I might have, I think I've probably answered maybe 40 or 50 emails this morning, uh, it's nothing like the couple of hundred we would, we've been dealing with in the past few weeks. And of course, you know, that's what you get when you're managing, as we are now, around about 190, 200 properties. It's, uh, it's, it's going to be busy. And sometimes I reflect back to the early days when I was just managing my own. And then along came my sister's property and then a friend who said, go on, I'll put mine with you um, if you do it for free. And yeah, I, I was taking anything at that time. And we, we've grown organically over the years. We've, we've actually been over 200 properties at, at one time. And then we had a massive cull. We, our standards have, have risen dramatically. And, and we had to rid ourselves of some properties. We have, have had in the past to rid ourselves of some owners. You know, the relationship doesn't always gel. We're not, we're not always on the same page as, as our owners. Um, we have very high standards. We expect them to maintain high standards. We've had some owners in the past who, uh, have, yeah, let's, let's just say they're a little bit more interested in the money coming in than anything else. And, and it's just seemed to be right to um, amicably part company with them. I just love talking to other people who've who've done similar things, who've started from from nothing, perhaps started their own uh, uh, buying their own properties, and then have built that into a real.
business. And, you know, this can happen to every single independent owner out there. You know, if and, and I know that many of you do have your friends and your neighbors who ask you if, well, you know, you seem to be doing so well with your place. Could you manage mine as well? And I bet you've considered this at one time or another. And that is how most of the agencies begin. I'm delighted to have with me today the owner of an agency in Florida who not only started from those very modest beginnings, but he has gone on to amass a huge number of properties with a large staff to manage them. So I'm going to be picking his brains a bit about how he did this, how he grew to such a large volume of properties over a relatively short time. So without further ado, let's meet Steve Milo of Vacation Rental Pros. Well, my guest today is Steve Milo of Vacation Rental Pros, and I'm delighted to have him here with me and tell me all about how he's gone from zero to 900 plus properties in a relatively short space of time. Steve, welcome. Thank you for joining me. You're welcome, Heather. Thank you. So you're in uh, Florida. Yes. Um, we are in Florida. Okay, that's, and that's where your, your properties are. Are they, are they all sort of close by your, um, where your offices are, or are they spread around? Uh, we have properties uh, near our office, and then we have properties as far as 500 miles away. Okay, so, uh, yeah. Um, yeah. A, a little bit like our organization, too. <laughs> um, Steve, tell me, how did you get started in the vacation rental business? So I, I just thought it'd be good if you could give me your bio from the very beginnings to where you are now. Okay, well, my uh, background is marketing and e-commerce uh, marketing. And uh, I was working for a number of different e-commerce companies. And uh, the last company was in Chicago. At that point, I decided to buy my first vacation rental in Florida to be near my parents. And at that point, which was 2002, I found after I purchased the uh, property that the uh, property management companies were no longer taking any more um, properties because of 9-11. And they felt that it was not possible to rent properties anymore because of the uh, state of the economy and the travel industry. At that point, um, I decided to do what my background was, which was to build my own website and to create adverts on the web, uh, which I did. And I started to uh, generate inquiries for my property. And shortly thereafter, I filled it up um, so much so that I had more demand for inquiries than I had available inventory. So progressively over a couple of years, I bought more and more properties. And I had friends and colleagues who started asking me if I could manage their properties as well. All the while, while I, was, I had a full-time job. And in 2005, I made the decision to do this full-time. I had about 15 properties I was managing, um, either that I owned directly or um, individuals that I knew. And uh, I became a property manager full-time in 2005. So, so were you, when you say you're a property manager, were you doing everything, marketing, 
the administration? And what about the housekeeping? Well, I mean, I think one of the things that's interesting from the evolution of where I came from, which was a virtual office, yes, I was offering full service management, but I was utilizing independent contractors. I was handling all the marketing, all the advertising, the website, but I was using freelancers, independent contractors for maintenance, independent contractors for cleaning, to service the units that in this case were hundreds of miles away uh, in some cases from where I lived. And that was the uh, origin of Vacation Rental Pros. Mm -hmm. At one point, you were managing 125 properties on your own. Yeah, that's... That's correct. Um, I find that astonishing. I, th- I think, you know, I remember when we got to 125 properties, I think we were up, definitely up to three full-time staff and and um, I'm probably a part-timer as well. So uh, you, you must have been a dynamo at that time. I mean, did, were you working 18 hours a day? It's not something that I would recommend to, uh, to most people unless you had uh, an an ability to work those kind of hours. But it certainly taught me a lesson that you could do a lot of tasks without having a lot of staff. And uh, I was fortunate that in 2006 I came across a web-based hosted system called Escapia. And uh, that system really allowed me uh, to manage a lot of information and a lot of properties um, without having any staff. Now, at that point, of course, I was handling reservations um, as well as managing the independent contractors. And I'd say right around that time, I started to hire people. My first couple of hires were reservationists um, because I couldn't, I literally couldn't handle all the calls and inquiries we were getting. And um, that was in the early part of 2007. But I went the first 18 months. Um, without having any staff. And what about now? How many properties? How many staff? So we have uh, 950 properties. We have uh, 68 staff members. And what, do you, what, do you, what do the staff members do? Are they, are they predominantly reservationists now? We have a 28-seat call center. Um, it's currently not filled at capacity because it's outside of season. We have about 14 people in there right now. So call centers are number one area for staff. Um, then we have uh, an accounting department that includes um, traditional bookkeeping, um, P&L reconciliation, running statements, as well as accounts payable, accounts receivable. We have an owner relations department of four people. We have a housekeeping department. We have a help desk, which is service department. Um, and customer service, which handles existing reservations. We also have five satellite offices. Uh, They're not large, uh, but each of them has one or two, in some cases, up to four staff members at the satellite offices. Uh, We have locations throughout the state of Florida. Uh, So as we expand, uh, we have opened up satellite offices. I read um, an interview that you did with Amy Hynote um, a while back in 2014, she she mentioned in that interview that that you were you ran a tight ship, and and I can understand now with 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 that many employees, that's got to be a priority for you. How, well, how is that reflected in in your methods of 
administration control and how do you manage all those employees? You know, all the, um, the marketing and sales and IT department reports to me, my wife handles the operations and she's managing all the um, help desk, the uh, customer service, uh, housekeeping, and then the accounting department folds into both of us as a dual report. So between her and I, uh, you know, we do manage all the, the staff. We've set up the organization on a hub-and-spoke basis. So most of the staff is out of our Ponte Vedra office. And as we acquire new companies, we typically take over functions that were in those companies and move them to Ponte Vedra. So we take over the reservations, uh, which would be the phones, um, email. Uh, we take over all elements of marketing. We take over all elements of accounting. We take over um, elements of uh, website support. You know, our goal is just to let the local office handle uh, basically check-in, customer service, and um, owner relations. And uh, that's been a model uh, which has worked well for us. Yeah, I just wanted to talk a little bit about owner relations, actually, because it's, it's something that's very sort of dear to my heart. You know, we, we, in, our, in our agency, we have t- uh, around 200 properties, 200 different owners. And as, as you know, all owners have, they, they come with, uh, with different perspectives, different approaches, different standards. How, how do you manage that? You, you said you had four uh, people working in owner relations. What do they actually do? Do they, do, do they each have a a proportion of owners that they deal with directly so that there is a relationship approach there? No, we've, uh, we've arranged it where there's not a single contact for an owner. There's an owner relations department, but not a singular contact. Nor is there any position called a property manager. That doesn't exist in our company. What does exist is an owner relations department, and that owner relations department uh, works with the owners on a number of various issues, including questions on their account, questions on expenses, um, authorization for expenses, um, improvements to their property, uh, taxes, registrations, um, all kinds of setup issues um, involving owners. So it's, it's essentially uh, the mirror image of customer service, except for instead of handling the guest, it handles the owners. So, you know, that owner relations department has enough staff where there's someone there seven days a week um, to work with the owners on emails or phone call questions they have. So do, do the owners have any, any direct hand in managing their property or, or are they all um, hands off? Well, I'd say in our program, the vast majority of our owners are hands off because our program really isn't set up. Uh, for rent by owner types. Uh, We do all the marketing. We do all the advertising. Um, We want to book the properties, uh, which means we're not making owners pay for their advertisements. We're not trying to get the owners to do the marketing for us. We do that, and I think we do an exceptional job at it. Um, And when we've acquired companies, those owners who really like to do rent by owner, they tend not to stay with us. They tend to leave the company and move to a company that basically operates like a key service for them. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. You know, there's a model for that. And I'm sure 
there's uh, some companies can make a little bit of profit on that. But for our standpoint, the owners that we want are the ones who, in general, really want a turnkey management full service that can handle marketing, housekeeping, service, etc. That doesn't mean we don't have a little bit of owner referrals, but we don't have the type of situation where I've seen with some management companies where they've actually actively encouraged the owners to go out and market their properties, um, which I think is a long-term detriment to the management company doing it that way. Yeah, I can certainly see how how that hands-off model leads to greater success because then you do have that that control, 100% control. By anyone's standards, Steve, your growth has been pretty phenomenal uh, over the past um, number of years. What, what do you put that success down to? Well, I think it's leveraging technology. I think at the core, everything we're doing is based on building uh, a more efficient business model for the vacation rental industry, one that requires uh, less people and more process and improved systems. And I think that model uh, is probably the model for the future because, uh, particularly in resort areas, it's challenging to get good, good people and it's expensive. So the more you can automate processes, the more you can use technology to drive people to book online, um, those are things that ultimately uh, create more success uh, and more profitability as a company. Using Escapia has been, you, you, you said that, that was, you started with that a number of years ago. Um, has that grown with you? And is it something that, that you're going to stay with? Uh, Escapia has been a, you know, it's a great program. Uh, for a company of a small to medium size. And it was obviously a web-based system, which back in 2006, uh, Escapia was on the cutting edge. Um, We are going to be moving uh, November to an enterprise system called V12 uh, simply because uh, we anticipate moving into other states in the very near future. And we need an element of divisional accounting to manage this. So V12 is the enterprise version that Homeaway Software has. A number of large enterprise customers are on it. It's been built with an accounting system that allows divisional accounting, and uh, that's the direction we're heading. Have you got anything else in the way of technology that uh, that you use that perhaps you could recommend? Because I, I know I was I was talking to someone recently about the Vacation Rental Managers Association conference and the the suppliers that are there, and how as an as a manager you can walk through those halls and be just totally overwhelmed with the amount of resources and products that are out there. So, is there anything else that that you're using that really works for you? I think we're on the on the cusp of a couple things uh, that I think will make a big impact. Uh, one is electronic. Um, locks um, that can manage a number of functions within the homes. And we are uh, at the early stages of beta testing B24-7 home. And I think that is going to be another breakthrough uh, product. Uh, There's some other companies out there offering these as well. But I really think they finally have found the right scenario that justifies the cost of the lock 
because it also manages um, some of the home energy issues like HVAC and pool heaters. So you can save the owner money, which allows the justification of the cost of the locking system and the, and the hosting. Uh, we're working with HomeAway on a guest portal. Um, that guest portal would allow, just like an owner portal, guests to manage the reservation, the registration, their payment. Uh, I think that's going to be another breakthrough for a lot of different reasons, uh, including uh, taking off the burden of, from customer service and accounts receivable, as well as enabling the customer to have a much better experience in terms of creating payment plans, creating uh, multiple payees, uh, buying additional uh, items like uh, golf tickets, uh, and uh, uh, filling out registration for various associations or homeowner associations that require it. Uh, the other thing is, uh, you know, we are uh, working also with uh, mobile. Uh, it's a little slower than we thought, but uh, glad to have you, which is the HomeAway product. You know, there's things we're doing on that platform, and they're pushing it more from just pure marketing uh, to some elements of operations. Uh, whether it's glad to have you or uh, B247 Home or one of the other ones, uh, you know, mobile applications for operations where housekeepers, service department can uh, tie in uh, through their phones with work orders uh, is is really the next level. These are the things that I'm that I'm really uh, pursuing from uh, an operational level. Uh, from a marketing side, it's basically the interconnection with OTAs, uh, travel sites, direct communication to our site, uh, updated rates, updated pricing, calendars, content, uh, with a direct transactional element to the consumer. Uh, from my standpoint, the more that we can get consumers to book online, um, the better, particularly as we go after international customers who have different language, different currencies. Uh, all these things lend themselves well to transactional. Um, so, you know, these are the things I'm pursuing, and I think uh, in some cases we've already seen some fairly significant payoffs. Where do you market? You have you have your website, and you have but a what a much wider marketing strategy. How how do you how do you manage that? Well, I mean, you know, again, economy of scales gives you the ability to have a have specialization. So I manage specialized people in elements like email marketing, social media, paid per click advertising, organic search. Portal advertising um, are the are the main ones, but we're also working uh, in some of the markets with travel operators and wholesalers as well. Uh, as you get to a certain size, you can bring in more and more specialized people, um, and uh, I've done that basically utilizing freelancers uh, in some cases and in-house staff in others. The, the conversation I had with Amy the other day, we were talking about uh, TripAdvisor and and the issues that um, people have been, uh, BRMs have been facing with TripAdvisor over the last um, 18 months or so. Um, you signed your name to the open letter that was delivered to Steve and Kaufer, at, uh, the CEO of TripAdvisor. Um, 
what what made you add your name to that? What do you think the resolution might be, or where do you think this is all going? Well, the reason why I signed the letter was because um, a couple of the people who um, were having problems with TripAdvisors had contacted me and asked me if I was having similar problems, and um, I have. Um, you know, there have been horrendous issues with TripAdvisor. Um, performance issues, things like calendars that are inversed, pricing that is radically different, fees that don't calculate, uh, transactional elements that are supposed to work that don't, um, inactive properties that show up even after they've been discontinued in our management program. Um, just so many enormous technical problems that we've experienced over the last 18 months, I'd say, is probably about the right aspect. And it got to a point where I escalated it to the top of TripAdvisor and uh, did reach out to uh, Stephen Koffer and met uh, with some of the people within his organization and the uh, TripAdvisor Vacation Rental Division, who basically tried to tell me that the problems were isolated and they were unique to our company or uh, they were our, on our end. And I really was taken aback by their entire process, number one, of how they handled communication to me as a client, uh, basically threatening to delist me or telling me I should delist uh, because I uh, escalated the problem to Coffer. Um, second, basically saying take it or leave it, and third, denying that these technical problems existed. Uh, I was pretty steadfast with telling them fix the problems, um, and uh, they communicated to me that they would as long as I didn't continue to escalate the issues. So for the next couple months, I tried to work internally with the person they put in my as a point person. And the communication was appalling. Uh, there was just an absolute lack of follow-up uh, from TripAdvisor, even though I had escalated that, even though they said that this was going to be a priority for them to address. It took uh, another couple months for them to fix issues. Um, and um, it was just a miserable experience. And uh, so... When other property managers started to indicate to me, you know, that they had experienced them, these issues, I said, yes, I had experienced exactly these. I had thought at that point that these issues were isolated to us as well. I didn't realize how widespread the issues on TripAdvisor vacation rentals were. And I don't think anyone realized until uh, they, they started to get this letter out and the Amy Hynode and her blog started to publish all of these responses from property managers that this is a widespread issue that involves one, a platform that's probably broken, communication or lack thereof, a lack of a ticketing system, and a host of other issues relating to um, communication to property managers. And what's unique about all of this is we don't have these issues with other um, transactional companies. 
you know, we have direct transactions with HomeAway. The feed, the transactions, the content, the pricing, the calendar, it all works. To have these issues with TripAdvisor, which is a publicly traded company that basically, um, you know, you know, has a, uh, a brand of reputation and transparency and um, how it's important to let people hear reviews from customers and hear uh, both good and bad reviews and to, and to have a company like TripAdvisor, which has really uh, not been upfront about the problems, has not responded, has attempted to say they're isolated, um, I think speaks really to the culture of TripAdvisor as as a publicly traded company um, that's really broken. And from a property management standpoint, again, I thought the open letter was important just to let property managers know they weren't alone, wasn't them, wasn't an isolated issue, it's not their fault, and that there's plenty of other property managers out there that have experienced the same issues or worse in some, some cases. And I don't know how this will end with TripAdvisor. I think they've handled it poorly. I think they've uh, really, uh, it really speaks in some ways to how little they think of the property management segment that they haven't come out in front, admitted they have problems, and indicated how they're going to solve the problems through a transparent ticketing system. Instead, I guess they think this is going to somehow disappear or maybe they just don't care about property management inventory. Either way, at least property managers understand where they're at with TripAdvisor, and they can look for alternatives in terms of where they want to spend their uh, advertising resources. Yeah, I really appreciate your perspective on that, Steve. And I, we, we too were one of those companies that thought we were out there with the problems, um, completely isolated. And it was only in, only three weeks ago that uh, that I read the Amy Amy's um, articles, and it suddenly brought it home that wow, there's a ton of others who are in exactly the same boat. So I'm so pleased this has come out. Um, it's it's um, made things a lot clearer for us as a company, and I'm sure it has for many many other property management companies. And I do hope it's not going to go quiet. Uh, I understand that there is a move to have a meeting at the VRMA in New Orleans. Um, so hopefully um, it will certainly be out there and open until then and we'll see what happens. So Steve, just finally, um, there's so many options currently available for owners and managers to market their properties. What advice would you give to somebody who is out there who's who like who was like you in in the early two thousands and has their own properties, maybe three or four of their own properties, and now has friend have friends asking them if they'd manage them. What can you give me a couple of pieces of advice that would help them on their way? Well, I think the advice I would give them is stay as lean as they can as long as they can. Um, there's plenty of small operating systems out there that can enable a small operator to manage a portfolio of properties in a cost-effective manner. There's many models where you can use freelancers instead of employees to handle service, cleaning back-of-the-office type items. Um, from an advertising standpoint, it's a good time uh, because more and more um, 
of, of the marketing is transactional. It's not so much telephones um, now. So you can do things like Airbnb. You can do things like HomeAway uh, direct booking, uh, which frees you up from having to answer uh, you know, inquiries from email or inquiries from phone. So, uh, you know, these are all tools that uh, new property managers, small property managers have and uh, can allow the property manager to operate very effectively and uh, in a manner that can allow them to uh, achieve profitability. So, so where, where are you heading? Where is um, Vacation Rental Pros heading from here on? You know, I'd like to say we kind of achieved critical mass about two years ago, and we have built a platform that is going to allow us to continue to expand. Um, and we're leveraging that platform to expand into other areas. So we purchased three companies last year. Uh, we're about to finalize a purchase for a company um, next week. Um, we've got another two or three companies um, that we're in discussion with right now. And uh, we're going to continue to use uh, uh, acquisition as a mode to grow into new territories. Um, at the same time, the territories that we're in, uh, we're continuing to uh, utilize pretty good organic strategies to um, add more and more units to our portfolio. And I think we provide an excellent option for owners. Um, you know, we have, I think, superior marketing in most markets, uh, website, transactional. Uh, offerings with uh, OTAs, which really can drive additional revenue to them. And uh, although we, we're not as uh, touchy-feely as some smaller companies, for owners who really are interested in you know bottom line results, revenue, um, marketing, um, net income, those type of things, I think we're an excellent fit. And uh, you know we've leveraged ourselves well with those owners and. You know, we've had owners that have been with us, well, now for 10 years. So, uh, you know, we take pride in our model. I think our model is effective in, in a lot of ways. Uh, we're trying to be smart about where we move, which territories we move into. We're not doing a shotgun approach where we're trying to go into dozens or hundreds of markets. But when we enter a new market, uh, we do it in a methodical way and, um, and it's been effective, uh, and it's going to continue to be effective. And, I, and we're in a good region. Uh, the southeast region is an is a area of uh, a lot of opportunities for uh, professional property management. And I'm sure you'll continue to be just as successful, and I wish you every good fortune for the future, Steve. Um, you're delivering a um, presentation at the um, VRMA conference this year. What's, what's the topic? We're going to be talking about online... Um, travel agencies, uh, direct bookings. This is a, a subject which I think a lot of property managers will be interested in. Uh, and there's a little bit of confusion about what it means, but in my mind, uh, transactional means it doesn't involve a human. Uh, there's no email, there's no phone call. It's a direct booking from a consumer uh, via a third-party website. And I really think that Airbnb 
has been a pioneer in this. Uh, they really have pushed the rest of the OTAs in the vacation rental segment to uh, uh, raise their game. And uh, we began uh, working with Airbnb about a year and a half ago. And then we have added other um, online companies like Booking.com, uh, HomeAway, um, TripAdvisor to the extent that we can actually get it to work, um, and uh, a couple other smaller uh, companies as well that um, have, have um, come up in the uh, vacation rental industry. And I think it's fascinating because uh, at least, you know, our data is going to show that uh, we've been able to increase our revenue by a couple hundred percent over last year. Um, and I'll be throwing out real numbers, but uh, we're going to do several million dollars in uh, third-party transactional uh, bookings. Um, and that's up from just a handful the year before. So I will have uh, the current data with me uh, per each channel as well as uh, the pros and cons of each channel. And uh, it's going to be an extremely candid conversation. Uh, I gave one in uh, Dublin uh, and a couple of, uh, of the vendors, OTAs, weren't excited about some of the things I had to say. But uh, it'll be unfiltered. And uh, if the vendors don't like what I'm saying, they should uh, not attend the conference or that seminar. Well, I'll be attending the seminar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a seminar meant for property managers. And uh, look, I mean, the vendors who um, have done a good job uh, deserve praise. Uh, there's certainly vendors who know they have their work cut out. Um, and I'm pretty candid about the ones who I think have been working to try to improve their platform. Uh, and, you know, there's some vendors who I think, rightly so, um, property managers need to understand um, some of the challenges their platforms may have and whether, at the end of the day, it's worth their resources. And, and that's really what these conversations are about. Uh, they're really about educating the property manager. There's Fortunately, in our industry, there's a lot of choices for property managers on marketing channels. We're not dependent on any one channel like the hotel industry has been or used to be. Uh, we have a number of different options. And, you know, what these conferences allow are, is a candid conversations of the pros and cons. And, you know, I also will give perspective as well. You know, Airbnb, for us, has not been as good of a channel as it is for other property managers that are more in an urban area. And I understand that. I understand that a property manager in London or a property manager in San Francisco is going to have uh, probably a much bigger revenue component from Airbnb than perhaps a company that uh, has coastal properties. Um, but we'll talk about those things. We'll talk about um, how the cancellation terms and condition policies affect booking. There, there's a number of different tricks that uh, companies can do to really move the needle on this. And uh, I think it'll be an interesting topic and uh, I'm uh, hoping there'll be a, a few property managers in the audience. Well, I'll be putting a link to that at the end of the show notes. So, uh, and we have a good listenership. So 
hopefully some of those uh, listeners out there will um, will come along and um, uh, and attend Steve's seminar. Uh, Steve, it's been an absolute delight talking to you. Um, I, I now have this great motivation to go out and acquire more owners. <laughs> yes, well, you know, I mean, again, there's so many different aspects that are interesting in this industry. Um, and I realize, just as different property managers realize, not everybody wants to get large. Uh, and I think in some cases, uh, there's a bit of a middle ground where you really don't want to be. I think you can be at a certain size and you can effectively run an organization of maybe 100 to 150 properties with a handful of staff. Um, that transition to that next level, uh, called the enterprise level, uh, is costly. And it's not without its challenges, it's not without um, its headaches um, and its resource challenges. And not every property manager uh, should strive to, uh, to get to 1,000 properties or 500 properties. Sometimes you can make just as much money with 200 properties as you can with 500 properties. Mm-hmm. I know point. that sounds, yeah, I, I mean, it sounds a little off. But if you think about it, if you manage 200 profitable properties uh, and you were lean, you probably could make more money than, you know, if you had, a, you were just trying to grab as much inventory as you could. So again, I mean, every property manager really needs to kind of think where they want to go and, and what they want to do and and really what where is their core, um, you know, their core skills. It just happens my skills are technical and it allows me to do things like building platforms um, that enable growth at a uh, at a level that can be profitable. But not everybody that grows um, can grow in a profitable manner. And you know, I certainly want to want property managers to think that growing is not without its challenges or consequences if you do it poorly. Mm-hmm. Well, your insights have been really, really helpful, and I'm sure we're going to to hear back from from listeners about um, you know. How, how it's how it's impacted them so once again steve thanks so much for joining me and i hope we'll, we'll get to meet in new orleans we will have thank you thank you great stuff um yeah i don't think i do want to be managing 953 properties um i think we could probably get to our goal is around 300 there was a tipping point that we had at around mm, 90, I think, when all of a sudden we realized that this was, this was a good business and, and there was money to be made in it. And it took quite a long time to actually get to that. And it was a hard slog along the way. I don't think we were as uh, lean as, as Steve has been. Um, I think we probably hired too many people too soon and and perhaps left people with you know, not a great deal to do um what we have done like uh, we, we do not have an in-house call center but we actually use we've <clears throat> been using a local call center for seven years now and that was what probably one of the best things we did at the start however as, as steve mentioned there are now resources out there and and i mentioned real voice for starters um a couple 
I mentioned that in a in a in a recent interview, and there are other. Uh, products and resources that will allow auto response to emails, um, but will also give you perhaps the the person at the end of the phone that some of our guests actually want. But you don't have to be employing that person um, within your company. It's just simply a matter of outsourcing. So that's it for another week. It's um, it's, that, that was a really good conversation. I enjoyed um, Steve's insights, particularly into his, his own insights into um, the TripAdvisor issue, which is something that I think is going to go on and on. At least I hope it does. I don't want this one out of the uh, forefront of people's minds until we get to VRMA and we can actually talk to the principals, hopefully the principals from TripAdvisor, and and perhaps um, get something resolved that is going to be uh, comfortable for everybody. So I will, of course, um, um, put all the things that Steve mentioned, the resources and products that he mentioned will be in the show notes. Um, the B247 Home, glad to have you, uh, Escapia, and, and anything else that, uh, that we discussed. So thank you once again for listening, as ever. Um, just click on the iTunes link and leave me a review. I'd really love it. Send me an email, heather at cottageblogger.com, if you have anything that you'd like to, uh, to contribute to the conversation. And uh, I'll look forward to talking to you again very, very soon. This episode of Vacation Rental Success is over. But don't worry, Heather will be back soon. Want more great resources? Visit cottageblogger.com for tips, tricks, downloads, and strategies to help you achieve profit from your vacation rental business. Music